0: You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben you
1: Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad you have again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And I can tell you what, today is a very inspiring chat with a very passionate K-6 teacher. We're hanging out with Carl Easton who specializes heavily in digital technologies. Trust me, he knows everything from coding to robotics to VR, AR, you name it. It is definitely what he loves. He's highly passionate about getting kids into STEM and especially the technology area. Now, by the way, he used to be in a previous life in the health and fitness industry, seriously, he used to be in a number of positions in management, starting with the Reevesby Workers Club and finishing with Fitness First. But he also cheated with New South Wales University on recreational facility management, and a sea change 15 years ago sent him towards the education world. And uh, seriously, he's been really, really been heavily involved in uh, teaching since 2017 onwards, and he's done an amazing
0: job. I can tell you that.
1: So let's get right onto the chat.
0: This is the Physics Ed podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun, free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics, spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Hey,
2: thanks uh, thanks so much for having me, Ben. It's great to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm really, uh, really happy to. Um, we haven't chatted in a while i mean i think the last time we ran into each other was during this awesome robotics day that you were involved in putting together um but uh yeah i mean how how has this year been for you oh where do we start i mean we, we start well we
2: started off with of term one with virtual reality at my school um the last couple of years i've been doing vr these are the vr kits that uh you can get through stem t4l um you don't have to go and spend a fortune you just go and get these things free and you, you can have the whole kit there for uh, a full term and of course the beauty of getting this uh, this stem share kit is that i get it back there at the end of term four the previous year so i um take it straight off the school via courier to me at the end of term four the previous year i have it over the whole six week break i can fiddle with it um, i'm quite accustomed with virtual reality now because i've done it for a couple of years yeah. and um yeah start off with stage two and we did uh, some work with community and remembrance, and rolled into uh, rolled into a unit of work to do with the rocks. Believe it or not, the rocks. And I actually went into the rocks, and uh, I joined in on a tour. I don't know if you you guys have ever done or any of your listeners, but uh, you know you get in there, and I joined in. I told them why I was there. There was only a small group of us, a couple of British backpackers and someone from Europe, and so um, I, I took along the 3D camera which comes with the kit and you take all these beautiful shots. Well, later on, I actually get, went back, took my time and you have a tripod included in the kit. And um, I don't know if your listeners are with 3D cameras, but you set them up, go and hide behind a wall. It's, it's, it's Bluetoothed up to your, to your iPad unless you want to be in the shot. And um, whammo, you get yourself a lovely 360 photo of all these beautiful little nooks and crannies and uh, laneways and, and uh, places reeking of history and the rocks brought them back, gave them as a package to the kids in Stage 2, said, research it, do me up a, a, a Google Tour, which is what we did. Um, unfortunately, now Google Tours is being canned, I've heard. Yeah. Um, Google Tours will be no more. But save the day, um, 360 Situ, S-I-T-U, is apparently going to be the go-to 360 VR um, software that uh, t 4 recommends you you can use Um you can get a license actually by at if you, you if you take out the VR kit. Yeah. Have you used it much? So that's, that, that,
1: that was, that was the
2: start of my year. What was that, Ben?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, have you, have you used that platform much, the 360 one?
2: I uh, haven't used Situ. I had a little tease of Situ. Yep.
1: Um,
2: otherwise, the, the, the Google, um, Google Tours was easy peasy, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's what we had experience with in the last couple of years. That's what I went with, you know. <laughs> And the kids just create their own tours, 360 tours, and, and they annotate and they research and they um, put in the photos and they um, do up the little boxes underneath and they put in the hotspots that you click on and up comes a bit of information and you can just put your fingers on the screen and scroll around through do a 360. It's, um, it's
1: quite unique. That's fantastic. I mean, have you come across many schools uh, embedding VR right in a curriculum?
2: um sh- I, I, sh- I i know they're out there i personally haven't had any contact with some um i know schools that have used vr as far as a tour an inter- uh an introductory tour yeah, click idea. this link and here's a tour of our school which is really cool you know here's our library click on this and you get a little spiel from the librarian saying hi welcome to our library here's um you know here's our principal at her desk click on that and away you go and, and then you can have a tour of the playground and the classrooms and whatever. Um, so I, I thought that was a really great idea. Something that really a, bit, a little bit unique out of the box that you could do with it. Certainly any school could do it to promote their school.
1: I was, thinking, I was actually just thinking there. Um, I mean, National Science Week just keeps on rolling around over and over again every single year. You, I mean, some kids create these awesome things at school and some, sometimes parents just honestly just can't get into the school for whatever reason to see the their creation that they've done. You could use that to say, to create I mean, a virtual, you know, a tour of the of the projects they've been working on, for sure. There's a lot of things you can do with it. It really just comes well, down Well, yeah, head, certainly because, yeah,
2: certainly with parents not being allowed into the schools, you know, they have to stay at the gate now and greet the kids at the gate and drop their child off at the gate. Um, yeah, you could do a 360 of the classroom and um, you could have hotspots all over the place and say, this is our work on this wall of this project and this is this project here and click this link and you'll go and hear me talking about whatever. And, you know, um, so yeah, I suppose it's, a, uh, it's particularly good for, of course, distant family all over the world. You've got cousins, uncles, aunts, whatever living on some other distant part of the, of the planet and they can never get to have a, a window into their, uh, into their, uh, their, 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 the contact of the, the other child's world. So yeah. yeah. Definitely oh, so some was, scope there.
1: So that was your term one. I mean, undoubtedly you are. So by the way, we're timestamp this. This is 2020. We're chatting at the very end of this. But the um, yeah. so obviously yeah. term two and yeah. you know, part of three was slightly different. How did you go with the whole online thing?
2: Yeah, we, um, well, the school had a mixture of platforms. We you know we went with um, Classroom. I'll tell you what, we went with Google Classroom. We had Microsoft Teams and we had Seesaw. So we had all the three. We had the big three running. Um, don't ask me why we just didn't go one with one of the senior <laughs> stages. That's that's another day. That's a question for another day. Yeah. But the Microsoft Teams, we had to get our heads around. Um, but the kids quickly took to it like a duck to water. Uh, Google uh, Classroom, they'd already been using, so they're fine with that. And Seesaw, a number of the teachers. Now, I'm a Seesaw ambassador, so I helped the school out a little bit with getting our head around the ins and outs of Seesaw. But it, it's a great little... A great little platform. I mean, I've been pushing Seesaw for a long time, but um, a lot of teachers just weren't aware of, of what it was there. I think a lot of principals too at the time when Seesaw came out were uh, a little bit hesitant about opening the doors and,
1: yeah. and
2: you know, letting, the, letting the parents into the classroom, so to speak. They weren't too sure what was going to go home. But uh, the beauty of Seesaw is, of course, it, it needs that administration stamp from from, moi, from you, the teacher, so you're the gatekeeper, you're the one who lets that through and you say, no, I'm not letting that go out. <laughs> oh, yes, that's good work. I'm going to send that for sure. Uh, so that's, they're the three platforms that we had. Um, a lot of square eyes, a lot of bleary eyes every morning in the staff Well, I can't say in the staff room because we never got to the staff room. We weren't allowed in the staff room. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of staring at screens, um, as you probably know
1: yes i mean um i think uh everyone understandably i mean there is a we we, we all get tired of it <laughs> I, mean, I mean i've lived my world and doing this uh, distance learning for quite a while but um i mean eventually looking at a box you can, there's only so much looking at a box you can do i mean as much <coughs> possibility doing hands-on is important but oh gosh the thing is though like not everyone was able to do this because did you have a device issue with it all where were, you're working because i mean everyone's everyone's different like sometimes um Trying to get all devices out to every student could be challenging, or maybe some kids didn't have access to internet, which is you know just just the realities of just trying to roll this out on mass within very little time frame. How would it go?
2: Yeah, I, I suppose if you wanted to put a percentage on it, uh, I don't know if you could. I, I I'd, I'd grab seventy seventy five percent of kids. Yeah. it depends on the stage. I think stage three was a lot more engaged. It might have been eighty five ninety five percent engaged. Um, um you know then you had uh, particularly uh, the younger kids that were being looked after by grandparents, and of course they didn't grow up in this in the technology world that we've grown up in, whereas you know our kids are born with a, a phone in their hand. Um, you're going to get to walk through a shopping center now and see there's some kid playing on mum's yeah. phone while she she gets some peace and quiet and gets to do the shopping um, so they they live and breathe the tech whereas the grandparents had some difficulties, <laughs> particularly if mum and dad are working. You know, mum and dad had to go to work. Uh, the money had to keep coming in. The bills were still there to be paid. And so the, 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 the child still went off to, to grandma, grandpa, and um, they said, hey, we, we've got to go online here. And they said, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I think there were problems there, um, and that would have been across, across the field for a lot yeah. of
1: schools. So one of the things I really wanted to have a chat about is one of the many things, let's be honest, you've been involved in lots of cool stuff, is uh, I love the work that you do with working with other schools and other teachers in other schools and in an informal way. I mean, I mean, as we alluded to at the very start of this chat, was, I mean, last time we we hung out was at a robotics day that you and Russell put together in. It's um, how did that all start?
2: Oh, boy, uh, you know, Russell Cairns, um uh, for everyone out there, is uh, does what I do, really from face to face. He's over there at Jasper Road Public, and I'm at Kellyville Ridge, and we uh, we teach from Monday to Friday. You know, hundreds of kids because we're teaching from K to K to six, and we do all the digital technologies for the school. So we embed digital tech from the syllabus into whatever they're doing, whether it's maths, whether it's history, whether it's geography, even in, whether it's literacy, art, uh, even PDHPA. Um Yeah. So I met Russell. Um, had at a tea frill, uh Friday, I think, uh, evening, a showcase of goodies that they do now and again. You can go along and have a little play and tinker and, and see what's what's going on and have a talk to reps. This was in, of course, at their Redfern offices there. And, um, yeah, we sort of hit off. So we sort of tagged ourselves. The, I don't know where it came from, but it was the dynamic duo. So uh, <laughs> there's always arguments over who's, who wants to be Batman. I mean, everyone wants to drive the Batmobile, of course, you know. Um, we won't get into the tights business, but <laughs> but we just felt that uh, we lived off each other's energies, you know. And so the idea came around that we wanted to do three teach meets. We hadn't done teach meets before. That We're talking about last year, the golden year, 2019. Yeah. <laughs> and so we rolled off with one over at Russell's school. This is all to do with technology and STEM, of course. And then uh, I think we hit about 30 people on that one. Then we went to number two which was about 50 people over at my school. Uh, we had people from uh, Apple there. We had people from Microsoft. We had people there from uh, uh, Adelaide Uni. Um, sh- and then we went to number three, which is the one that that, that we invited physics to and a number of other um, uh, uh, digital disruptors, we call you. And that was over, of course, at the Museum's Discovery Centre at the I call it the Museums Applied Arts and Sciences Museum Discovery Centre, which is a real mouthful. Yeah, but for those not aware of it, it's it's really like the the hidden gem in the northwest there, just out there at Castle Hill, and it's a museum. It, it is it it is a uh, you know it's it's the younger brother uh, of the main Australian, uh, um, well, sorry, the Museums uh, uh, Centre in the city there, the one that where we've had all the disruption about whether it's going to go to Parramatta or not and so forth, and now we hear it's going to stay. Um, and there's a lot of great things out there, um, fantastic. I always recommend people to get out there and take the kids. It's only open on weekends, but we hired the place uh, for free as long as we showcased in our promotional video that they're, what they do there. And there's planes and trains and automobiles and cars and washing machines and technology from the past and uh, you name it. It's, it's, it's so a real Aladdin cave, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, you've been there.
1: Yeah, it's you, crazy. You feel yeah, like you yeah.
2: want to spend more time there. Seriously, yeah. Um, so
1: those people who are Sydney residents, even if you're not, if you're in Sydney, come visit. It's out at Showground Road. I actually know it quite well because for many years hmm. we ran a science club there back when um, Museum of Art, Applied yeah. Arts and Sciences ran it. But now the Muse- Museum Discovery Centre is a collaboration between MAZ, the Sydney Living Museum, and the Australian Museum. And therefore, you've got a natural history museum working with a history museum museum effectively two two of them <laughs> so and a technology thing it's so much it's really cool but I must say that event uh was so it was well suited to that site that you ran because it was you know it was a lot of fun a lot of really i mean you had a gosh. you had over 100 teachers easily there
2: yeah i think we're around that number um it's uh it was a big afternoon, you know, it was after school. It was primarily aimed at teachers, but we had lots of people bring their kids along and so forth. And, of course, it was a free event. And uh, we had a number of speakers there, you know, whether it was Vex Robots or yourself from Physics. Uh, we had Grok Learning there. Um, we had uh, one, two, three, four. We had Packronics there. We had uh, all these different places that people, and they rotated through and they got a little t- bit of a taste tester of all things stem from coding to robotics to um, Arduinos to secondary robotics clubs to um, what you guys do at physics and so forth.
1: Yeah.
2: It's- uh, so, yeah, we, we really, were really happy with it. It's sort of um, it opened a few doors for us too and um, sort of got a few other things rolling, a few other ventures.
1: I've got to say, um, one of the things that, I mean, we get asked a lot, um, and I still haven't got a great answer because I don't think I've seen them all, is the robotics platform. I mean, so many... I mean, let's be honest, right. There are so many robots. I mean, I go to ISTI every year. Um, and it's, you, you walk, you walk the floor <laughs> and my gosh, there is a lot of things that roll around with code in them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, without going down, like we you know which brands better, whatnot. I mean, what are the sort of things that you're looking for from a, you know, from your, your perspective and considering what you get up to, um, that, you know, you, know, you know what, that platform is great. And this platform needs some work. I mean, what are the sort of things that you sort of look for that at least can help others to go to keep an eye out for when they're choosing their platforms?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a Pandora's box. It It really comes down to the needs of the school. Doesn't it? Um, you know, we, this sort of questions was slightly related to the other night at the AGM with with RoboCup that I'm associated with. This is New South Wales RoboCup. And, uh, you know, RoboCup is open to any platform. It doesn't have to be EV3. It could be a Dash. It could be an MBOT. It could be a Sparrow, whatever. Um, but we must. I must tell you, the 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 entrance this year, there was a high amount. Spike, actually, Spike Prime has, has sort of hit a chord. You know, Spike Prime came out, what, the beginning of this year? Beginning of this year. And it's sort of, uh, for those not sort of very fave of robotics, it's... Um, it, it sort of felt it filled in that middle spot. EV3 was sort of hitting year five, six, and then up into seven, eight, nine, and onwards. Um, whereas um, Spike Prime sort of was geared and marketed towards hit, hitting that middle primary a little bit lower, maybe. And, and so a lot of schools have taken to it. Apparently, apparently, I'm hearing a lot of secondary schools want to take it up too. Yeah. But then on the on the down on downside, I don't want to get too much wrapped up on Spike and go to other other devices. Is that a lot of people I'm hearing are saying, well, there's not enough goodies in the box for me to do what I really want to do. You know, yeah. but then again, that was coming from someone that's been into robotics for a while. So if you've totally have no idea with robotics and you're looking for something to start with, you could not go maybe past spike prime. Um, Sparrow's, you know, now got a number of new sensors on the robot compared to the good old days when Sparrow came out, um, so there's a few more things that Sparrow can do. It, it, it's, it's, got, uh, it's got something about it. a Sparrow. It, it, the kids are immediately engage with a Sparrow because the thing lights up. There was even an entrance, entrance I saw, I must tell you. It was done with a slow-frame camera, primary school kids, and they turned off the lights and they got this, this Sparrow to draw a Christmas tree. Oh, cool. It was really cool. So low-frame low software, you can get it on an, on an iPad, film the thing, and it had this Christmas tree being drawn with this, um, you know, you can imagine. And you can do art. You go and yeah. Google it. Google it after this podcast and you'll find there's all sorts of links that will show you how you can do fantastic art with slow-mo fr- framework with a sphero. Um, you know, look, you know, partic- I mean, I'm, I'm an EB3 person, but I've also worked with Spheros, I worked with M-, M bots. I mean, I've got one, I've got one sitting here on the table. <laughs> I only bought this one because it was pink, mind you. I like pink <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, they didn't bring out any other colours after that. I mean, traditionally, it's, it's, uh, M bots are blue. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what: the flavour of the month at the moment is really uh, um, micro bits. Oh you know? yeah. Going off, yeah. I mean, going off on a tangent here. The V two, the version two, is now out you can put in an order i've ordered mine i think it's it's in the mail at the moment same similar pricing 25 26 27 bucks to the last one now has a few more additional sensors to it which is really nice got a speaker in there too got a touch sensor um and of course you can go and buy a robotics kit that will work with the micro bit so you really got you've got two things going here you've got the little arduino little micro processor uh micro bit you can go and all sorts of things you can do with that, with a make code, whatever, tie it into Scratch. I like, get time. I've got to tell you about a great Scratch program I did with the micro bit sure. with my gateway's kids during the year. And, of course, then you can go and buy all the additional add-on kits. You've got the Groves, the, the Boson. I use the Grove Inventor kit and it's about 100 bucks. and it's got nine, ten different projects in there. These are additional little add-ons that connect to a shield that comes in the box. And it just it's a scope that you can things you can do with a microbit and like for 25
1: bucks you know you can
2: compare the price to an ev3 which is uh price prohibited um it's just insanely obscenely expensive <laughs> to buy an ev3 um but mind you if you want to compete in heavy-duty robotics competitions um you really want to do some heavy-duty coding then the, the beauty with the, is the ev3 is the creativity you know it comes with a, a an additional kit you can buy uh, where it's just full of Lego and you can just add things to this and, you know, it won't, mightn't be a robot. I'll tell you another one I saw in our robotics competition was um, um, a Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg machine with EV3. Just amazing. The um, run robot would run to something and it would hit a touch sensor and a ball would fly off and roll past something and hit um, a colour flap which would run past the light sensor And then the robot would roll forward, and the ultrasonic sensor would detect something, and something else would drop into something else. And and meanwhile, there's circus music playing behind this. It's just, it's just you think you think who thought of this? Like,
1: gotta love Rube Goldberg in the competition because that's high stakes. Because Rube Goldberg's don't always work. They don't
2: always work. You know, Um, I don't. I'm really hoping if I go and Google it, I'm not going to find. Someone has done it with an EV3 because maybe they got their idea off the net. I don't know. But uh, I'd like to think they didn't. But it looked really cool. I've got to say really that, cool. I mean, what you were so, talking about, does
1: remind me about those micro bits. The, um, I mean, OK, there's plenty of robots, the, and, and they do their job in very, very well. Um, but in some ways, it feels like it's just the robot and what can I do around it once I've learned all the code and whatever. I mean, one of the things that microbots bots kind of do, they really are just chip. And, you know, yeah, you can have sensors and bits and pieces of it, but that means you can kind of put it onto anything. I mean, we're seeing um, yeah. quite a few people uh, build some really cool stuff, honestly, out of wood or cardboard or plastic, whatever it is, especially if they got a 3D printer uh, and they make other bits and pieces to, to work with it. You can really do whatever you want. You can make your own robot with its own microprocessor in it because you know, 25 bucks, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty easy entry level and that's it is neat no we had one that.
2: school i'll tell you one of the divisions in RoboCup is was artbot this year now artbot um for my memory doesn't doesn't normally exist but because it was a virtual comp artbot existed and, and you took your ev3 if this was the ev3 and they actually went in 3d out of a printer a little device that held the pen pen yeah. sticks down on the paper you go and you code in the geometrical design that you want and there were some really creative designs of um people came up with all these weird and wonderful eye designs and that there's, there's your art, you know, yeah. there's your art. And, and some even had the, the pen lifting up off the page. And so the robot could move over to some other part of the page, go down and draw something else. And then, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, I actually, I do know RoboCup um, pretty well. I mean, years ago, I was a judge, um, uh, when there was, when it wasn't the EV3s, it was the NXTs. Oh, <laughs> you're going ago. back a bit. Yeah, I am mean, going back a bit. Um, but I remember, um, I mean, what, one of the biggest uh, pains that everyone had was always trying to work a light sensor in a dappled light room. <laughs> and and the, the kids that strapped torches onto their robot were the ones that tend to do better just because it was just... Oh, a, so you had a constant light. A constant light yeah. source because the dappled light is always bad. Like, it's, it's ne- yeah. never... A, Never useful. <laughs> but uh, no, that... I,
2: I think I think there's a rule against that now. You
1: can't do it anymore. Ah, there you go. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, sense. light light thresholds are a pain in the ass, particularly yes. if you're in a large auditorium room, and you go and set up in one corner, and of course, then you go over and compete somewhere else, and the lighting's totally different. So that the smart schools I met last year at RoboCop, uh, RoboCup, where um, they had three or four different settings built into the into the EB3 brick. So if they had a low low setting light threshold, they had a medium, then they had a high. So they could adjust depending. They just played the program that suited the light threshold. I thought, I thought that's really smart. I think that's that's you know you pick up these things when you go to a competition. I mean that was our first time, so we learned a lot.
1: Actually, I agree with that. I mean, isn't that the whole point of competitions? Like, being you know, kids might want to focus on the award they're trying to get, but the point is is that you get to push yourself and see what other people are doing when they're pushing themselves, and then you can get better. Isn't that the point? That's really good. That's that's what I said to my
2: kids before we walked in the door. I said it's about the networking. Yeah. Um. You get out and you 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 learn all these ideas. You pick up these ideas and you go, oh, I didn't think of that. And you know, if they had a moment between competing, I'd say go around and have a look at what other guys are doing and sort of pick their brains if they want to talk to you. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. But you'll get a few other ideas, uh, and I certainly did. I, I, made it, I always make it a, uh, a goal to go out and talk to a few people and pick up a few things and get names and get some phone numbers and, and try and make some connections because uh, uh, then you walk away and you think, well, I picked up, you know, I, I tried to use every minute that I had there. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, nah, it's awesome. Next yep. And here you go. So those people listening in, you can pick, sort of pick Carl's brain. You can always uh, ask questions. Here's one thing I want to uh, ask about. You've been doing some really cool stuff with retirement homes and linking to with your students and it's something that i know there are a few schools that do this but you don't doing this really really well and um i remember you presenting it at the australian museum was it, it was only last year wasn't it um, and yeah. i thought that is just cool i just really wanted to have a chat with you about that at some point point. and now's my chance so i am going to pick your brain that is a really cool thing maybe let people know what, what i'm actually going on about here <laughs> if you if you could all right,
2: uh, so we're talking Stage 2. Um, it, it was a term project and it was with the VR kit that I referred to earlier from T4L. And uh, they were doing a, uh, what were they doing? They were doing a history unit on, on again, it was on uh, Community in Remembrance, something to do with the connection with the, the school and the surrounds of it. And it was at the time when the, uh, the, the Northwest Rail Link was, was just about to open and we lived stone's throw from that. So we, we would go underneath it and see the work happening every day. Uh, and then at the same time, I had got in contact with Quakers Hill Nursing Home, which we had a previous contact with for many years because on Anzac Day, we'd take the, the executives, you know, the captain, vice-captains down there with all the flowers left over from our, our assembly. And we go around and we give it to the residents, which is a really nice thing to do. Uh, so I rang up the Quakers Hill Nursing Home and I said, have you ever experienced um, virtual reality? Have you ever had anyone bringing any these kits down? And, and they said, no, no. And I said, do you think they might be interested? And, they, and I said, oh, I think so. So um, the idea being that we were going to connect the community with uh, the kids and, and with a, uh, a project that they were on. So we had this little triangle happening and the kids were going to do a, a google tour of uh, uh historic homes in the area and uh they and i went out again during the holidays took photos of all these historical homes and there's a numerous ones just again within a 5k radius of where we are and uh and then the kids would research these homes and, and put up little bits of text on the screen about each one of these homes and then one of them uh, was very close to the Northwest Rail Link. And one of the, uh, one of the ideas was I did some research uh, on a, um, a pub, the original pub that's, that now stands opposite the Mean Fiddler. So a lot of people that live in Sydney here might know the famous Mean Fiddler yep. Hotel. And um, actually, sorry, not Mean Fiddler, Edamogga. Etamoga, Etamoga. down right. the road. About a kilometre down the road is the Edamogga pub. Again, quite famous uh hasn't been around as long as the mean fiddler but right across the road was an original pub and um when they went to they knew it was there as far as underneath about a, a meter of dirt when they went to put the footings in for these massive um over you know um staunchions to carry the the train on the rail um they had to excavate underneath and they knew they were going to dig up so they got an archaeologist in and i managed to get her to come to the school free which was great and uh she talked to the kids she had a thing in the, in the hall for about an hour did a massive slideshow presentation and she she went into the dig so this dig was um of an 18 i think it was very uh 1870 1860 hotel um hotel and um and they found all these amazing little trinkets and so forth when they were ex- excavating and believe it or not they covered it back up with dirt and said, one day we're going to do something with this. You know, this is if the council ever gets some money or gets someone that really wants to push it. And it's still there. Like there's, there's an underground basement there. They never got down into that because it was full of water. But they did excavate all around the top. And you could have actually ever had tours. Oh, this was about six years ago now. You could have uh, when they were doing the early, early diggings. And so she came to the school, did a big talk to the kids. And at the same time, I, I filmed... Uh, where it is now, just a pile of grass underneath two massive concrete staunchens. And we put up old photos of what it used to look like. These are just artists' impressions because the the thing did burn down and there's, there's there's no history as to why it burnt down. There's a bit of a mystery behind the whole thing. So then we packaged all this up, give it to the kids. They create these Google tours and off we went to Quakers Hill Nursing Home and we had two afternoons down there uh, both were, if you we want to call them sellouts, okay, we had uh, something like, I think we were, the ratio was 12 to 13 in the room in both sessions. And, um, and the kids, uh, we videoed all this. So this is available online. If you go and Google on YouTube, um, Quakers Hill Nursing Home, they, uh, you'll, you'll more than likely find it. If you can't, just run off to the T4L site, and it's, it's showcased there. as one of the things that teachers can do with virtual reality. So it was this beautiful little afternoon of tying community uh, with a school and digital tech setting in there at the same time. And the kids set up, you know, they set them up on the iPhones that come in the kit, stuck them in the VR kit, took it over to the 76-year-old, 86-year-old, 92-year-old and said, would you like to experience this? And you you see all this on the video. I mean, you've you've seen the video. And... um, and they're just sort of blown away. You know, they're, they're, um, I think half of them were really engaged because they're talking to lovely little primary school kids. And at the same time, they get a, a bonus because they get to see some of these beautiful period houses that would have brought back amazing memories, you know, because there's pictures in there of people milking cows, you know, tending to chickens, uh, feeding pigs, uh, riding horses. Um, and this is Kellyville, Kellyville Ridge, Rouse Hill area.
1: So, yeah, that's that's what we did. I, I love it. And actually, wind it forward to this particular year, how cool would those resources have been? Imagine that every school, just for a moment in Australia, had done something like that for their local uh, retirement home. Because let's be honest, I mean, there are still sites that we, we can't still go into those sites because we've got to look after them from a COVID-19 point of view. I mean, having those things created, curated, for the residents would be so cool. I mean, there's a challenge. So anyone listening, you know, there's a challenge for you. See if you can create some form of VR something and hook up with your local retirement home. See if they're keen to actually do it. It could be on anything. I love the history side of things because I mean, we, I actually run, I mean, amongst the various hats I do, um, I run these uh, talk with an Aussie program to uh, American schools. Uh, I usually have to get up at crazy hours in the morning, like three or four o'clock in the morning. And the word, and it literally is talk with an Aussie. Um, and you, you often do it with the schools and whatnot, but every now and then they'll invite their grandparents in or occasionally they might run it with a retirement home and the memory lane that people go through, because they might talk about, well, I, you know, back in the fifties, I jumped on a boat and I sailed to Australia. And I remember what I learned when I came to Melbourne or whatever it is. It is so good for, you know, our senior citizens to actually, you know, honestly, not be stuck in a box. <laughs> Even if they have to be stuck in a box physically, not be stuck there uh, emotionally or mentally in any way. Um, I mean, I love what you did with the VR thing. And- you
2: know, the, occasion, the crazy thing is we still do get kangaroos jumping down around suburbia here in Sydney. There was only you know, one this year, Ridge, yes. I know, on National, National Nine News. And at the same, did you see that story? There was a koala found on someone's Christmas tree. I think it was in South Australia. No. Now, apparently, they, they live near the bush. Get this. I think they had a cat flap. The story didn't relate to how this koala ended up in the Christmas tree, but I, I've got a feeling it had a cat flap. Koalas found its way inside, snooped around, found the tree, climbed up, thought, I'll have a snooze. They come down in the morning, and lo well and behold, there's a koala in a Christmas tree. Only, a... In, only in Australia. You can only have Google that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go and Google it. I'm not making this up. It's true.
1: Thought, um, so yeah, the, other,
2: the other idea I would, I would suggest to schools, try out your local fire brigade. 3R, VR, I'm thinking that would look really cool, a, a 360 panoramic tour of the local fire brigade and get a photo inside the truck and have someone pointing out this is this and this does this and, yeah. and then do the truck and, the, and the, where the bay is parked with all their suits hanging up and all their gear. That would be really cool.
1: It would be really interesting and actually um I mean I just like you could take that to another level with permission when they do the training exercises for when they 're overrun by a fire it 'd be very interesting to have that taken inside the cabin when they drop you know the shielding down and the sprinklers are going nuts and all the rest, just to know what it 's really like and this is why we don 't try and outrun a fire in a car okay this' <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, VR opens up so many opportunities. I mean, you could do the same thing on the bridge of a ship. You could do whatever you want. As long as the uh, the place, the site will let you in, off you go. Yeah, Um,
2: it's it's giving people a a view into places they normally wouldn't ever get to probably. uh, So like you said, if you live near the water and there's a ferry and you can get to the ferry captain and yeah, yeah.
1: I no wonder you're an right. advocate for it. It's awesome. So I've got to ask, I mean, um, what have you, I mean, let's be honest, it's the end of the year. Our brains are all starting to tick towards it's only fast. <laughs> the end of the year is not far. But uh, what, sort of, what have you got in mind for next year with bits and pieces? I mean, I mean, obviously, we need to have a bit of a break first, but in 2021, we'll, we'll come around and off we go again. Uh, what, what, do you, what, do you, what sort of challenges or things do you want to try out next year if you get the chance?
2: Well, I'll tell you what's been sitting in the cupboard here at our school for a good 12 months and they were bought off those Woolworths credits, you know, when you could shop at Woolworths and get these little dockets and then you could go and um, refund, redeem those in and buy things for your school. And our school bought Edisons um, and they've been sitting in storage for 12 months. So I want to get my hands on these Edisons and do something with them. Uh, at the same time, some micro bits... Uh, went in there with, she bought some micro bits, my principal, and I think it was some Freaks. I've actually got, got a kit over here. Uh, Elect Freaks make a, a smart, I'll get that up to the camera, yeah. you can see that a smart home kit. It's like an Internet of Things kit and um, comes with a lot of little goodies. So they're sitting in storage, you know, and I, I know what these things are capable of because I went and obviously bought myself one and had to play with it. Um, so I want to get into that. And, um, sh- yeah, we're going to start a, a, a bricky with a techie thing. I wanted to do it again this year, but it all got pushed over to next year. And that's where once a week um, teachers can come to my door at 8 o'clock, say on a Friday, and um, we might just decide it's different stages on different days. We'll see. But anyway, we're, we're going to sort of answer their technical questions and we sit down and have something to eat in the morning. And, um, yeah. And uh, a bit like they used to run recce with a techie uh, ages ago. Um, I think it was the days before T4L came along. And so that's that's an idea um, to try and do a bit of personal development with the teachers and hand, hand it down out of my head to them and then get them to go out and start to play with ideas where they can embed technology in, into the curriculum.
1: Yeah, that's a thing.
2: Uh, that's really me at the moment. I'm not thinking too far past... Microbits, edisons get get the ev3s probably out of the out of the dust room because they only they only got used once this year and that was for the robo cup um and we'll see what comes and, oh and teach meets get back into some teach meets
1: yeah absolutely that's, that's, and actually definitely. i do love what you're saying with the um uh downloading things out of your brain because i mean uh, often there'll be uh, someone who's like you know seen as the STEM expert or the STEM person of a particular school. And the reality is, is that, um, what if you get sick for a month? Yeah, God forbid, right. You, that you, you want to go to show that it can keep on going. I mean, obviously it takes time to do the training and to document and everything else, but, um, there's a hack. The kids are really good teachers too. They, they mm. get, Especially if they're like, you know, towards the end of it, they can usually help you help you out. So, um, if, if you're, if, if you are listening in and, and you're like, I'm um, well, um, I actually have someone who does that for us. It's kind of cool to just hook up with the students that that teacher's working with to then get them to teach you what's going on, and um, you can then create some interesting sessions for sure.
2: That that is an idea we've floated around that we get my Robo Robotics Club kids. I run a Robotics Club after school on Mondays. Again, didn't happen this year, but um, and they pay extra for that. But um, they they could come along on the on the Friday morning if it was at eight o'clock, and they could help the teachers and show the teachers, you know, how to do a few things. Um, But as you said, it's it's about no one is expendable. You know, no one should be expendable in any business. So if you lose your head chef, then you should have had an understudy in the first place, learning from that head chef. And the same thing, if I disappear tomorrow, you would like to think that someone else was under my wing and started to pick up on a few ideas because there's there's not many, I can tell you now, no one in my school is going to know how to drive the EV3s.
1: So... uh,
2: because you know you know what that code looks like. Yeah, Your eyes glaze over. The first time you see a LabVIEW mindstorms code, um, you're just lost for words. You think, what is this strange alien language? Yeah, uh, nice but mind you, now we've gone to block coding. Yeah, you might have said something else too. But yeah. mind you, now we've gone to Scratch. You know, there is the new coding platform up there now that is Scratch-based, the block-based, and I think it's a lot more user-friendly. I haven't personally played with it too much probably on my to-do list for the holidays. Um, And a few kids actually did use it in the RoboCup competition, the online one that we just had. But, um, yeah, always trying to get it out of your head and get other people, you know, flying on their own, so to speak.
1: Well, on, on a personal note, um, I was able to take my f- uh, my family away for a, a pl- trip that was planned for 10 years. So in 2018, we were going to be gone for six weeks and we were. We went to the States and we had a great time. Absolutely had a great time. But we had this project that ran for a year and a half to two years within work of physics called Make Ben Redundant. <laughs> that's, that's what it was called. And it was deliberately designed so that it, the place could operate without me. And it did. Yeah, totally did, and there is there is never ever a time when someone can't do something that you already that you do um, for sure. It's actually and it's actually good to empower people to be able to do that too because um, what came out of that was actually an acceleration um, because we have now had lots of people doing bits and pieces and they're able to collaborate even when I'm not around. So it was, it was fantastic. Um, hey, yeah, um, it's interesting. Isn't it? It's like it's God
2: forbid ever, anything ever happened to us, but uh, you'd like to think someone could step into the frame. Yep. and uh and have a go you know and maybe been tinkering or being you know as i said shadowing you and watching what you do in certain things so um you know they can just step up and people do step up and people yep. don't realize that it's actually there within them uh and, until they're put into that situation and as you said it opens new doors and it instills confidence and away they go
1: yeah, it's good fun. Hey, um, Carl, just before you, you run away, because I know it has been a long day for you, but I do want to ask, uh, if you had a bunch of people in front of you, I would know, but just say it was a teach meet next year, and they were wondering uh, how do they start the first steps to start implementing VR in their classroom in any key learning area for any uh, grade level, whatever, what would be your first suggested steps to you know, start them on that journey to, so that they have a, you know, a fairly good success with it? How, what would you suggest? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, for me,
2: uh, the T4L uh, kits that are available was a, was an easy start. As I said, there was no money outcome, um, and I had the kit. I had the kit for a full term. And the beauty of these kits is you have ambassadors. If, you, if people haven't had experience with this, uh, you get a, a regional ambassador will come out, and um, these are full time guys that just live and breathe this stuff. And they are versed in the ins and outs of all these kits. Whether you order a robotics kit, a virtual reality kit, um, there's other kits, there's a green screen kit in there. You, the, the, they will come out and they will help you set it up. And so even if you're a technophobic, you really have no idea, they'll be there and they'll hold your hand and they'll make sure you're up and running. So that, that's, I mean, that's the way it really happened with me. I had no idea if they are maybe three years ago. And uh, I made some friends along the way too with that. So... And and then get out and... I mean, the beauty of mine was I had it six weeks before I had to stand in front of the kids and pretend I knew what I was doing. <laughs> so it gave me a lot of... And I didn't go away in those six weeks. So I could live and breathe the thing, go and experiment with it, make some little home tours around my backyard, whatever. And it really is that easy, people. It's, it's, it's not difficult. Um, don't be scared of it. Get in and have a crack at it. Uh, get on to... Get onto like minded people on Yammer. Now, Yammer, of course, is a, uh, a free online service available to teachers, you know, and you can connect with other community groups. There's a myriad of community groups there of teachers that have a passion and experience and a mindset for various uh, KLAs. It doesn't have to be STEM, you could be into literacy, maths, English creative arts, you name it, there's a community group there for you. You know, let alone under the STEM category, there's something like 15 community groups. The robotics one I'm the administrator of, the makerspace one I'm the administrator of, there's about 300 people in each one of those. And they could be in any little dinky town in the middle of New South Wales out back, you know, to some massive school in the eastern suburbs or here in the northwest. And it's anywhere from primary to secondary. And it's free. And if you've got a problem... I can guarantee, probably within 24 hours, you put out the call and someone will come back to you and um, with a with an answer. And so why don't you try this link, or why don't you try this, or have you tried this? So it's it's like an additional peer network, particularly if you're feeling a bit lost and a bit alienated, and particularly if you're in a tiny little community where you haven't got that peer support around you of going to talk to other teachers. Um, it opens up a lot of possibilities. So. So definitely um, try and get the thing early if you can, so you can play around with it. Uh, get on to Yama, and then try and find something you have a passion for. That, that, of course, has helped me. And it just fell into my lap that we happened to have the uh, Northwest Rail Link opening last year. And at the same time, the kids were doing a project on the surrounding uh, history of the, of the place, um, so that all just came together naturally for me.
1: Yeah. Now, mind you, I mean, I, I, I can't think of a single school that doesn't have a project outside of that, that suits Like, they might, maybe they live on the coast. Maybe they can talk about coast care. Maybe they're out in the outback and there's something going on with the river or maybe the cropping nearby, whatever it is, there's usually something that can be done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. me a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Hey, Carl, thank you very much for joining me on this uh, podcast. I mean, I've only got a couple of days left, don't you, Yeah, <laughs> to, to the end of school. But, I mean, obviously, by the sound of it, you're going to have six weeks of fun, but also looking at new things for next year, which is great as well. And uh, let's be honest, uh, that's, that's how uh, it is with everyone who's in education. It doesn't stop for six weeks. You don't just sit on a cruise ship somewhere, maybe for a couple of days, maybe one year after the cruise ship's actually started again. But the reality is you do actually get going very, very early in the year to uh, prepare for the students. But, um, look, much appreciated and uh, well done uh, looking up after, you know, a number of teachers through Yammer. Well done. That was really cool. I mean, 300 people, uh, I mean, it's not just yourself, there's heaps of people contributing and um, it makes it all worthwhile. Have a fantastic day. Yeah, well, afternoon. as you said, yeah, as
2: you said, uh, lifelong learner. Uh, there's always something. I mean, it's a constantly evolving world, the area of STEM, Someone, as you said, is always bringing out some new device somewhere that does whatever, um, or they've upgraded something. Um, or the kids The kids teach you so much, as you said. You know, I look over the shoulder of some kids are doing scratch this year and we did a lot of scratch because we couldn't touch anything, couldn't touch micro bits, couldn't touch robotics um, of, because of COVID. And so we did a lot of coding. And, yeah, the, the kids were doing these amazing things. I said, how did you do that? You're going to have to show me how you did that, you know. Just, <laughs> I want to use it in my class. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, we'll see you on the flip side. Everyone out there, get over to Yammer. Uh, have a look at Yammer. Explore it. Uh, I go and explore TeachMeets too. If you if you're someone new to TeachMeet, it's it's an alien word to you. It's it's free. It's uh, it's after school. Um, you get to meet similar like my minded people. You, you it's a it's a format where people will talk from three to five to seven minutes. And you might hear seven, eight people talk, and out of those, two of them you might think, nah, "Not for me." But then you might pick up a couple of ideas, and you get a little chance to have the tea and coffee and the mingle and the social um, connections and so forth and the networking. So, put it on your to-do list for 2021.
1: Absolutely, and uh, it's a challenge. If you can't, uh, if you can't find a teach meet that's for you, set one up yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can always, you can always do that too. Yeah. No,
2: no reason why you can't. Yeah, ah,
1: absolutely. Well, Carl, thank you very much. And as usual, everyone, uh, we do put these links in the show notes, absolutely. And uh, we'll get that all out for you. But uh, have a fantastic afternoon. And uh, for you, Carl, have a Merry Christmas.
2: Thanks, Ben. Cheers to everyone over there at Physics. And uh, more power to you guys in 2021. Hopefully, we'll get together and do a few more cool projects, eh? That'd
1: be awesome. Take it easy, man. All right. All the best. Bye.
0: We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more.
1: Well, there we go. We just heard from Carl Easton, who you can really tell loves his technology in education. Seriously, everything from tinkering from EV3 to making scratch arcade games, you name it, he is right into it. Now, seriously, as well, worth going to the show notes for this particular episode. Carl sent across a heap of things <laughs> to showcase what he's been up to. All sorts of people, especially his partner in crime, Russell Cairns, who's heavily involved with uh, all sorts of learning at Jasper Road Public School. And uh, we won't get up to have a chat with Russell another time soon. But I tell you what there is a lot of things that Carl's been doing. So I really highly recommend going into the show notes for this particular episode and checking out what Carl's been up to. So uh, anyway, that is the end of yet another chat with a really awesome educator. I hope you've been enjoying all these episodes throughout the time. There are more of these coming up. And uh, if you want to hang out with a, a really great bunch of motivated educators i've been hanging out in clubhouse lately and been having some amazing chats with people right around the world who loves their science their technology their engineering and mathematics education in lots of different ways so uh, very much well worth your time hanging out in clubhouse and reach out to me i'd love to connect with you so until then i hope you have a fantastic morning evening night wherever you are and uh i hope to catch you another time soon you've been listening to me ben Newsom from Physics education see ya <music>
0: You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book, and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F I Z Z I C S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. Aeon.net.au